Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy, and I think I know quite a bit about Eurovision, but given it's been running for well over 60 years now, there's always more to learn. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's pretty much here to learn about the contest and expand my Spotify recommend choices. Good. (laughs) Yep. So we're at episode six already. Episode six. Check us out. I know. So I'm not going to do a podcast shout out this episode. Instead, I would like to draw everyone's attention to something they probably already know about if they're in Eurovision land. But I didn't until recently. And that's the ESC United blog. ESCUnited.com. They're currently doing this marvellous thing, which is looking at everything to do with the, the, what year is it? 82? I knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Your birth year. My birth year. So you say they're doing a deep dive. A deep dive into 1982, everything. I mean, this is going to come out actually through into <laughs> September, so they're probably onto something else by now. <laughs> but at the point of recording, they're doing this deep dive on all the entrants in 1982. And it's the sort of detail we don't absolutely need to know. But the fact that there's people out there writing this stuff and... Makes sh- it need to know. Yeah, well, it kind of makes it, it's archived, it's there, it's available for people who are interested, and I've read the blogs, and I think it's really good. So I'd well, encourage you to go there. And if anything we've learned from last episode's podcast, yes. I'm still outraged that that Michelle Gale song doesn't exist on the internet. Yeah, exactly. That's a crime. Yeah, and there's probably not... No any... studio recording. Yeah, exactly. This stuff needs to be kept for posterity. Exactly. That's the message. And they are doing that to the max. So well done, the people at ESC United. What are we here to do? How does the podcast work, Ryan? For anyone brand new, each episode we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the categories, Andy? Well, the first three are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. We have the 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and also 80s and earlier. Then we have our UK entry, Bridesmaid Slot, for those that finished in second place, and then the Juice Award. What is the Juice Award, Ryan? Juice Award is for those songs that didn't qualify their national selection, but deserve to have qualified. So you think they should have gone to Eurovision? They either should have gone to Eurovision, or everyone should know about them. Yeah, so we're sort of righting wrongs with that award, aren't we? Yep. And finally, we have the randomizer, where we give the power to the Eurovision gods of fate, and they tell us which song to play. We use this generator online, and it will come up with a year, and then a song position, and then we play that song, whatever it might be. It's like the third member of the podcast, who is also a chaos monkey. Yes, they're evil. Pure (laughs) evil. So if you're on board for that format and you're ready for lots of Eurovision goodness, it's time for us to play that familiar anthem. So the first category is 2010s to the present day. Who do we have this episode? So this episode, we've got Lena, <gasps> but we're going with Taken by a Stranger from 2011. What, not Satellite from 2010? Not Satellite from Gosh. 2010. And she represented Germany. 
Of course she did. Here she is. That was taken by a stranger, by Lena. What do we think? (laughs) Having just watched the performance again, 
It's kind of one of those things that's it's a bit too cool for Eurovision in a way. I mean, I know Eurovision's got cooler over the years, but I think... Yeah. When you think this was 2011... Yeah, I think that was pushing boundaries. Um, yeah. It's quite a controversial topic, because it is about, like, wanting to be kidnapped for sex sort of <laughs> vibe, isn't it? That's what it's about. I've forgotten about the performance, because it's a bit weird, because... <laughs> tell tell, tell so, everyone who's forgotten what the performance involves. So, so for everyone who's avoided the performance since 2011, Lena's on stage singing in a similar style to the, what she turned up last year in but slightly more grown up I suppose so well, it's a dress last time this is a jumpsuit this time isn't it yeah but yeah. so you know it's, black. It's, it's it's all black again she's yeah. got long black yeah. hair she's got a smoky eye yeah. but then she's got six dancers who are wearing, who are all silver wearing gimp suits yeah who I'm glad that they've since gone on to be the dancers for the subwoofers <laughs> because that's what they look like and they're doing silly sort of yeah. dancing and and things like that and it it's quite a disconnect from the song yeah, it's unintentionally comedic. Yes, because the song's all sexy and cool and grown and up, and you've not, got that and they're not that sexy. beat, the like the bass aren't beat. Sexy at all? The dancers are just weird. It's like someone got really high and just thought, "I know what's a good idea. <laughs> I've got these six, well, these five tinfoil costumes that they could wear." <laughs> I know. It's not a great look. And then, to make it even worse, they're projected really big onto the background. And an army of silver spandex. It makes it actually quite asexual. Apart from like Lena looking sexy and stuff, it, it doesn't feel very sexual. And that kind of feels like how they got away with it, in a way. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Is that giving it too much credit? Possibly. I think it might be giving it too much credit. To be more... I think they probably went, well, we're hosting Eurovision. We haven't got any budget for staging as well. So let's just put these yeah. costumes on. Yeah. We bought these for a stag do. Let's just wear these. Yeah. I thought it was going to be more, way more sexual elements and more suggestion of other stuff. And it would be more gritty. But it wasn't. Yeah. I feel like I'd edit it in my head and I'd made more of a, like, sexy sort of noir vibe to it. Yeah. Because that's what the song's got. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the effect of her performing for a second year in a row was when it came to Satellite being performed, what was really disappointing <laughs> was that Stefan Raab, I think... The hosts yes, sang it, didn't sang they? Sang it, and it was terrible. And then they were there was an army of Lena's as well, wasn't there? And then I think that. she came out for one verse or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it was weird. But she was like, I'm singing later, I've got to save my voice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I guess that maybe is what her, her chances in the competition for a second year running because everyone's like well you won it last year now you're just being greedy is there there a level of that? I don't know what I feel about it I'm not on board with it totally I think choose someone else we've had enjoy your lap of honour yeah but don't try and get it again straight away and yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna push a new single push the new single in the interval yeah (laughs) but I remember I remember my first reaction to this when I saw it was oh well Germany actually don't want to win this year see I like this I think this is a good song I like it but I never thought it was a possible winner Mm, it's not I guess it's not an obvious Eurovision song. Do you know what position it placed? Well, I know it didn't come first. <laughs> well done. I wanted to be in the top ten. Just, it was tenth. Oh, okay. But when you consider some of the shit that was in that year, you think, well, why is it only tenth? I mean, this, again, as we said, is the other Ellie and Nikki one with Running Upstairs Tonight. A song that we will not be covering on this podcast. <laughs> so, we've already chances of the randomizer picking that later today are oh, very high. high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, that was Lena with Taken by a Stranger. What's the next category? So, the next category is 90s and noughties. And we're going to listen to Saline, who represented Estonia in 2002, and the song was called Runaway. <laughs> Somebody did 
So that was Celine singing Runaway. What did you think? Do you know this song? Tell me everything. <laughs> I do know this song. Um, Why do you know this song? I know this song because of you, because you love it so much, I think. <laughs> I quite like bias, it. Bias, bias. <laughs> but I, I, I enjoy it. It's a really good, fun song. And the performance is very much like a concert performance as well. You know, she's not competing. She's just performing the song like she loves it. And... She performs it like she's won, though, I feel like. It's like, it's like the winner's performance, almost. I guess so. I mean, the, the version we just watched had Terry Wogan intro and outro it, and he was saying about this one stands a really good chance, and so yeah. maybe she was living off of the buzz of that. Well, she doesn't know yeah. he's saying that, though, does she? No, but I mean, you know, like there's in the oh, little the, the Eurovision bubble. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is the point. Let's talk about Terry Wogan for a minute, because we haven't. He's obviously a Eurovision <laughs> god to the, to the British public. But what a lot of people don't understand is, towards the end of his reign as Eurovision presenter, he got really grumpy and stressed mm. about Eurovision. And I think the last one he did, I think, was 2004, when he complained, oh, it's just become the Eurovision dance contest. And he couldn't see why Roslana won with Wild Dancers. And we were really annoyed at that point. We were like, no, no, you're, you're wrong, Terry. You've missed, <laughs> you've missed the point. And I think this was another example of something that kind of was the nail in the coffin for him at Eurovision, because he was determined that this one should win. He said it so many times, didn't he? Yes. I mean, yeah. 
And I think when it didn't, I mean, it came third, equal. Um, then he was kind of like, it was another part of him becoming dissatisfied with Eurovision. And I think people rightly remember all the great stuff he used to say. Yeah. But he always poked fun in a, in a fun way. But then Eurovision kind of changed. And as it changed and became more mainstream and more acceptable mm. and less silly, he kind of fell out of love with it because it was taking itself more seriously. But it's part of the, tied in with the yeah. British never really taking Eurovision seriously. Yeah, enough. yeah, that narrative. So, so it's, it's interesting. I have a difficult relationship with Terry at Eurovision. Pre-2000, well, fine, but after, I don't like his commentary. I just don't like the fact that he called her Buffy the Vampire yes. at the beginning of this, and I was like, <laughs> Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> exactly. Do you know anything about modern <laughs> culture? No, exactly. Yeah, third equal mm-hmm. with Jessica Garlic. I'd forgotten that. I thought Jessica came a straight third for UK, but it was third equal on 111 points with Celine. Do you want to know a bit more about Celine, or do you not care? No, let's go for it. I mean, I think she deserves a bit of attention because she had that really nice little key change in that song. So any song that has a good little key change like that deserves a bit more attention. Born, 1976. Full name, Anna Cecilia Salin. And professionally, Anna Salin. A Swedish performer. Well, there we go. Yes. (laughs) Picking up on that. But she's never performed for Sweden. This was 2002 when she was performing for Estonia. However, she has performed at Melody Festival in the national selection for the Swedish songs and several years. Not recently, though. She's she's got Swedish heritage. This one, nice. This girl. Let's talk about her outfit. <laughs> so it's a white it's ensemble. All white. Yes, sort of slashed here, there, and everywhere. Big split in the skirt. Kind of a top that has the sides cut out of it, doesn't it? And a nice big chunky belt over the skirt. Yeah, as everyone did. And thigh high white boots. Mm. Yes. She strides very confidently. Although she's, it's interesting. I hadn't remembered that she didn't run down the runway even though the song's called Runaway, she just got there at the end, and as you said, she parked and barked, didn't yep. she? She didn't go back to the main stage. And all the mad the mad crowd in 2002, the, the close ones, the, all the... Like the, the mosh pit. pit. Yes. <laughs> they have to turn... They've got their back to her, and they can't really turn around. It's weird, or they don't seem to turn around. They mm. seem to be facing the main stage, which she never occupies once. Mm. The unfortunate thing is there are two guys who are sat right in front of Celine, and they don't look like they want to be there. They're clapping out of time. Yeah. Clearly not gay. <laughs> and they sat there, these two guys, and I'm like, oh my God. You can feel them cringing out of their own skin. Go back, watch this performance online. <laughs> you'll it, you'll it, spot them a mile off. spot them. This one guy particularly sat, oh no, she's singing right in front of me, and I really, don't really want to be here. Mm. I only came because my friend said I had to. So, anyway, that was Runaway by Celine. It was a good song. Terry was right about that. But no, didn't win that year. As we already know, the winner that year was Mary N with I Wanna. And second place, we featured uh, an episode ago or two episodes ago. Ira Losco with Seventh Wonder, two episodes mm. ago. Where are we going next? Back in time. Further back in time. Next up is <laughs> 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 our 50s to 80s. <gasps> What have we got? We are going back to the heady days of 1975 for a bit of Dutch ding-a-dong by Teachin, representing the Netherlands. Love is gone, gone. 
So that was Ding a Dong by Teachin. Performed first on the night and yet the winner. Oh. Happened three times in Eurovision history. Happened again the following year with Brotherhood of Man winning in 76 and again <laughs> in 84. What did you think of that? I liked that. That's the kind of entry when you go back in time. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. You want an older Eurovision song to be like that and they're not always like that. Yeah. But that's a good example of something a little bit kooky. Yeah. But quality-wise, really good. Yeah, it was really polished, wasn't it? Yeah. The sound of it, her, her vocals, um, the backing group, they all knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was it was very polished performance. Mm. Um, they're all wearing glam rock costumes. She was wearing white culottes and a chiffony floral top. And she looked a bit like your auntie, though. Not your specific auntie, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? She, she's like an older woman. <laughs> she's Well, she's sort of like what you would expect your auntie to be going to a Tupperware party yes. in the 70s, yes. but then just getting sloshed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the sort of vibe. That's the sort of vibe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, she bounced around very well. The guys in the glam rock costumes didn't look completely comfortable in those glam rock costumes. It's like, oh, God, I've got to put these on. I wasn't convinced that they wore them normally. No, but they... They've waxed their chests in preparation for it, yeah. so they must have known. <laughs> <laughs> they must have known. They weren't sort of like suddenly surprised. Yeah. So something I've only just learned <laughs> about Ding-A-Dong, having looked up the lyrics, is that bit where it goes, Ding-A-Dong, listen to it, maybe it's a bigot. Mm. And I've always thought it's a bigot, <laughs> and I've never yeah. listened close enough to check. Because when we were listening, I was like, maybe it's a what? <laughs> <laughs> we checked, and it's maybe it's a big hit. And I've never known that. A I'm big learning. hit. Learning. This is a very <laughs> educational episode. I'm learning so much. I'd forgotten about Jessica and Celine being tied. Uh, so, and I suppose the other important thing to point out is this is probably the inspiration for Yaya Ding Dong. Absolutely. From the Eurovision film. Yes, the film. Exactly. It's kind of, um, there's a few songs that are like this, aren't there? There's um, La 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 by Maciel for, for Spain. And there's Boom Banger Bang, Lulu. Mm. And there's the Herries, Diggy Lou, Diggy Lay. Some of those songs that all also got so silly Eurovision titles. This one's a good one, despite that silly title. I still like it. Oh, it's definitely it's a good one. Eurovision yeah. nostalgia. Love it. Basic Bitch Ryan here. Just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at eurovisionqueens. And on Twitter, we are EuroQueensPod. Now back to the show. Right, so up next, we've got our UK entry. Yeah, we have. This is Lindsay Dracas singing No Dream Impossible when she represented the UK back in 2001. Keep pushing, hold it on. Keep pushing, hold it on. Keep pushing, hold it on. We 
So that was Lindsay Drakus. What did you think? Do you know this one? I do, but I know it more from a Spotify version of it where it's blended quite nicely. Yes. Whereas this... From watching the stage version, there's the whole new versus old sort of vibe in this and it doesn't really quite work for me. Yeah. She, you know, looks, like, she looks a bit lost on the stage, I think. The stage is huge. It's the second sort of arena year. Yeah. And it's in Copenhagen and she just looks a bit small and lost on the stage. And it's not helped by the two rappers who are like idiots, aren't they? Yeah, and rappers they're, and they're commas. pretending to be behind like their electronic keyboards yeah. and that. But then you've got the, the string section behind her. Yeah. But, so it's the old and the new. And yeah. But when you listen to the song on Spotify, it just sounds like a, a song of the time, you yeah. know, like all those yeah. sort of uh, American dream sort of things mm. where they had the vocals and yeah. the piano or yeah. with a beat. And it perfectly fits that time period but the staging version of it is a bit just a bit weird i know what you mean i mean i used to sing this <laughs> <laughs> of course you did <laughs> um particularly always trying to hit that last note <laughs> which mm. she did on the night she hit the last note she hit the last note she didn't hit all the notes no, I don't but she so. did get that last but note it's a pitchy song i think it's a song that's hard to sing live i think it's a very difficult song mm. i can imagine you'd be able to singing this flat really easily i think you can sing it really well in the car yeah but, yeah, anywhere else would be a bit more of a challenge. So who was Lindsay Drakus? Who was Lindsay Drakus? She was born in Sheffield. Um, she was discovered at 13 years old. That sounds dodgy in a way to me. Yeah, always a singer, I guess, is the point. And she was only 16 and at school when she was selected for a song for Europe. Wow. And, yeah, it did go into the charts. Only reached number 32. But it was I think it was a strong song. What position do you think it was overall? I'm going to say it probably didn't do too well. Yeah. So maybe 14th? Close, it's 15th. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the closest you've ever been when I've asked you to guess. <laughs> What's hilarious is she's, she's only 37 now. She was so young when she did wow, it. Isn't that gosh, incredible? Yeah. that is young. Yeah. She was more recently alongside Davina De Campo. She was one of the panel on All Together Now. You know all those people? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. She was one of those, one of the 50 or... Was it 50? I think it was. But they never said really about Eurovision. They just said singer Lindsay Drakehouse. And every time they said that, I was like, Eurovision singer! <laughs> it's important we remember Lindsay. More recently, we were at that club in Leeds, Blades. Yep. And the drag queen who was presiding over the music, she played it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is the first time I've heard it in the club. Obviously a gay club. Yeah. And afterwards, she was like, oh, yeah, well, what year was that? I was like, 2001. <laughs> she was like, and she just had to check. She wouldn't take yeah. my word for it. And she's like, oh, God, you're right. You do know Eurovision. I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you, bitch. We did sort of enable her to have a Eurovision night, didn't we? That, we do that everywhere. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but drag queens love it. They so do. She went on to play some Charlotte Pirelli, Hero, and some other stuff. As well. Yeah. So I think the big thing about watching this at the time in 2001 was, would she hit the note? That was the big question. Would she hit the note? Mm. She did. But as you said, not all of them. Not all of them. But that one. The one that counts. Yeah. I mean, this contest was all over the place. The winner was the terrible Come On Everybody song. And there were so many other songs that were better than that. And this was another one that was better than that on the night. And yet it only finished 15th. But Lindsay, you are forever in the Eurovision Hall of Fame. Right, what have we got next, Ryan? Up next is our second place award. This time, we're going with one of my absolute favourites. I feel a bit bad choosing a Russian entry at the moment, given everything, but it's not her fault. No, exactly. Russian. <laughs> this was in 2015, and it's A Million Voices by Polina Gagarina.
us people Different yet we're the same We believe, we believe In a dream Praying for peace and healing I hope we can start again We believe, we believe In a dream So if you ever feel the love is fading Together like the stars in the sky We can see, we can shine When you hear voices go So this is a tough one, <laughs> especially seeing as the first lines of the song are praying for peace and healing. I didn't know before we chose this for the podcast that Polina Gagarina was one of 24 Russian artists who actually performed at the 2022 pro-government rally in Moscow, which was about celebrating the annexation of Crimea by Russia and also effectively endorsed Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So it leaves a nasty taste in your mouth. And mm. we're kind of discussing, should we be removing this song <laughs> from the from this episode? Yeah, but I guess we're ultimately going, well, the song is part of Eurovision law and yeah. history. Yeah. But we need to kind of address... And call it out. Call it out. And we don't know the details, but... Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, we just can't ignore it, but at the same time... Yeah. 
I mean, Eurovision is always political, isn't it? This is another angle of that. Let's just focus on the performance that we just watched <laughs> in 2015. Let's keep it light. Yeah. Obviously, second place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was second to Mon Zamolo singing Heroes. Mm. And she has since worked with him, actually as recently as um, 2021, where she teamed up with him to record the song Circles and Squares for the 2021 World Figure Skating Championships. I've not heard that. No. I don't think we'll be hearing much from her in the future. (laughs) Not for a bit. No, she has been banned in several countries, we discovered. Anyway, the performance. The performance is great. It's got such a power behind it. It's immaculate. I Mm. think it's, of all the performances we've seen, watched back on the contest, I think it's the one that comes over us like it's the strongest vocal. It's just such a clear performance. It's up there with Danny Eam singing... um, you know, Sound of Silence for Australia. Yes. And it's just as powerful and strong. You think, oh my God, this is clearly one of the one of the top songs that night. Mm. It could easily win. It's got moments, it's got emotion. And I thought while I was watching her, I bet she's an actress and she is an actress as well as a singer. <laughs> and I could yeah. tell that from the way she was emoting and selling the song. Yeah, there's a musical theatre quality yeah. to it, yeah. isn't there? She's unquestionably a brilliant singer. It's an amazing song, but yeah. Oh, bit of a nasty taste now. Oh, I'm glad it's not the last song we're, we're playing in this episode because I feel a bit funny now. No, I feel the next one's going to be a good palate cleanser. Okay. <laughs> but also, it's kind of nice that there's so many pride flags in the audience in that one. Yes, which kind of... Yeah, in fact, we chose a screen grab that someone else took from this performance for the, our Twitter um, banner, banner. Which we yeah. just discovered is that's yeah. where it's from. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. Yeah. So anyway, that was Polina Gagarina with A Million Voices. Mm, Moving swiftly on. Swiftly. (laughs) Quickly, quickly. (laughs) So next up, we have the Juice Award. I need you to go to to Eurovision. Who do we have in this category? I'm excited about this one. Obviously, this is one of my choices. (laughs) This is Clara Hammerström. Yes. Representing Sweden in 2022 with Run to the Hills.
So that was Clara Hammerstrom, who performed at this year's Melfest and placed a disappointing <laughs> sixth, considering how amazing that song is, that performance. Uh, yeah, uh, the thing is, I didn't care. I had that song in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, so this was my second year of watching Melody Festival improperly. Yeah. And she participated the previous year. Yeah. And when they announced who was qualified for 2022, she was the only name I recognised. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. I kind of liked her song last time, but it was a bit more of a ballad. Yeah. So my ears were sort of pricked ready for her yeah. sort of thing. And then she was in the final heat. So yeah. we had to wait four weeks for oh. her song. And you never, you don't, you can't hear the song beforehand. Oh, right. And I think there was probably a little snippet a couple of days before. And I, I just missed it and I didn't listen to it. So as soon as this song started, I was like, I love this song. And I didn't care what happened next to it. I just had this song in my life. Yeah, exactly. And as soon as it went on Spotify, I had it on repeat. And it's still your alarm, isn't it's, it? It's still my alarm. <laughs> oh, whenever I set an alarm on my phone, this is what comes on because it's like you jump up and you're like, yes! You've been remarkably restrained not to play this until episode whatever we're on. Six. Six. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is amazing, this song. The staging was excellent on the night as well. You've got the tree lit up behind her. She's mm-hmm. in a sort of a golden red warrior costume. Yeah, she's got like, like a, an Amazon, a flame armour on. Yeah. And then you've got a counterpart who's got like a green yeah. earth armour on. Yeah. And, then and they have a little of, war in the middle. She gets rid of her, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. She's just like... She just goes, bye, bitch. Know, talks to the hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a very confident performance. It's relentlessly catchy. At the end, it's so nice watching the Melfest um, final where she's performed. She's obviously so thrilled with her own performance and how yeah. well it went. And, and she's just like, tag! What was lovely was that she, she was the first one to qualify. She qualified directly to the finale. Right. Whereas you get, like, they do, everyone lines up and they say who's got to the final first based on who's got the most votes. So she went straight through and then they open the phone lines for a little bit longer and then someone else goes straight through. And then I think some one or two go through to, like, a last chance sort of thing. But it was so nice that she was the clear favourite on that night and went straight through. So and, and it's, it's worth mentioning as well. She beat some big hitters in that um, in t- coming six. She still beat John Lundvik mm-hmm. and Anna Bergendahl and Robin Bengtsson, all famous mm. names. Um, so she, there was no no shame for how well she did. And also chart success afterwards. Yes, number one like in Sweden, and rightfully so. Yeah, exactly. Those Swedes know their pop music, don't they? They know their pop music, but I feel like we're going to have to go out in Stockholm to be able to dance to this somewhere. I don't think I'm going to be able to request this anywhere in the UK. I don't think so, sadly. (laughs) So that's a brilliant pep up after the the nasty taste of the throat. (laughs) Paulina gag arena. Do you get it? Gag. Uh, Yes. So, Clara, thank you for... Thank you for what is going to be my most played song of 2022 when my Spotify wraps up comes in December. You quite like this song. You quite like this one. Yeah. I, I... Anticipate being like in the top 5% of people playing that song. Yes. The top 0.01%. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was Kaino last year. Yeah. Top 0.05. What's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a worthy entrant into the Juice Award. So, all that remains is for us to hand over to the Eurovision gods for the randomizer. Uh-oh. Here we go. Okay, let's get this. So let's see what oh, year yeah, we're we going to get. We haven't we haven't, we haven't guessed a year, but we're, a prediction is going to be one of the years that we've already visited. No, I think it's going to be different this time. I think it's going to be 1986. I'm going to say 1962. Wow. Oh, oh we've gone 1977. We've not actually been there yet this episode. Not this episode. We've been there before. We had 1977 we had Laponia. Ah. They've finished what happens I hope we don't get that one which of the 18 songs from 1977 will it be we're choosing song 14 Spain we have got Mickey singing on Sonom a cantar
so that wasn't hey Mickey what a pity you don't understand <laughs> what a pity it wasn't but that is the randomizer being a chaos monkey again <laughs> yeah, thank exactly. you chaos monkey I assume Mickey would be a girl I don't know why but it was very definitely a guy <laughs> someone's dad yes wearing a Littlewoods pullover with a horrible shirt beneath it he had three backing dancers slash singers. I think they did more dancing than singing. They had silver boots and they were in a pink and orange and a blue dress. One of them had terribly damaged hair. I was worried for it. <laughs> thirsty yeah. hair. Thirsty, thirsty hair. Very thirsty. <laughs> and appropriately enough, given the song lyrics, there was a girl sat next to him playing the banjo and she was in a pink dress. And there was a guy we spotted at the end. Who's at the very end with a milk, milk jug. Yeah, exactly. Bless him. Playing the milk jug as you do. And Senanam Akantar. Translates as, teach me to sing. Can I share some of the lyrics with you? Go for it. When I left my house for a walk, thinking of my problems that I want to forget, I found a girl sitting at my door playing a banjo, singing without stopping. Teach me to sing, teach me to sing, that my heart is sad and that I need to love. Teach me to sing, teach me to sing, that my heart is sad and that I need to love. La, 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 la. It's very much one of those, let's see how many la's we can sing in a Eurovision song song. Mm. Yes. It's all about learning. Sit by my side if you want to learn. And don't be ashamed. I'll show you. The episode theme is learning. Is it? Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned so many new things. Okay. And this song is about learning. This is obviously the theme. What did you think of it? Yeah, it was all right. It was crap. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. The first thing it made me think of was Family Holidays in the 70s, where there was very few songs playing in the car on the radio, but one that was always on in the mid-70s around this time was, I've got a brand new (laughs) combine harvester. (laughs) It was very much that sort of aesthetic with the band. It must have only been one chord away from a copyright claim. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was very, very similar. I don't think I liked it at all. And it was one of those times where anyone could be a pop star despite how, how they looked. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I could say, yeah, it's just not the best. What can we learn about Mickey? What do we know about him today? Oh, so he's very prolific. He is still working. Yeah. Still making music. Yeah. He released an album. With a new band. He released an album called Dismounting Mickey in 2018, which I guess was coming away for, towards the end of his career. But he's just had a new band, as Ryan said, and he's just had a new um, album called Mickey y Los Colossos del Ritmo. Yes. Returning to the sound of his origins, we're told. Gosh. So we so. never know. He could be representing Spain in 2023 after the hard work Chanel put in. Yeah. I'm sure that's what Chanel would want. Mm. <laughs> what position do you think it came in? 77. Yeah. Oh, you knew already, didn't you? We talked about it. Oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we, we said what number it was, yeah. Gosh, eighth. Let's go with eighth. Ninth. <laughs> well, okay. You're getting better <laughs> yeah, at this. Yeah, you are getting better at this. <laughs> but yeah, it's far too well, I think, out of a field of 18, coming halfway through the pack. But that dross, not happy. <laughs> well, if that's middle of the table. If that beats Laponia. <laughs> oh, let's have was, a look. That was tense. I'm fairly sure. Oh, yes. no, it did. Beat Laponia. By how many points? I need to know. Oh, a lot. Spain had 52 points. Laponia had 50. Oh, no, it's only two points. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was the randomizer. And thank you, randomizer. Almost (laughs) the end of the show. What was your favorite song of the episode? What was the favorite song? Mine's clear winner. (laughs) What's that then? Run to the Hills. Yeah. That's, That's my favorite Eurovision song of this year, hands down. 
like inside and outside of the contest. I'm sorry, everyone else that actually went to Eurovision. Yeah. That was my winner. <laughs> okay. I think I've discovered, I've learned something today. Ooh. I can't separate the artist from the song when it comes to oh, Polina no. Gagarina and A Million Voices. I feel funny about that now. That was one of my very favourite Eurovision songs. Sorry, I don't feel oh, the same no. way. Sorry. I'm going to have to join you in saying that Clara Hammerstrom singing Run to the Hills was the best of the night. Yes, correct. Right. <laughs> we agree. Until next time on Eurovision Queens, I've been Andy. And I've been the basic bitch, Ryan. You have, but you're learning all the time. I am, but I'm still staying basic. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to follow us on socials, we'd be very glad. Please recommend songs. Please just get in touch to tell us if you like the podcast, what you like, what you don't like. It'd be great if you could rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps with our algorithm and means that people will be more likely to find us. You can also tweet us on EuroQueensPod. You can email us at EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And you can also check us out on Insta where we have lots of reels, courtesy... Getting crazy for the reels. Courtesy of Ryan checking on his reels every few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just Eurovision Queens on Instagram. Yeah. It's been great fun to join you once again, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Eurovision.